I'm really not sure what I can say after that. <laughs> and I'm not going to say a whole lot this morning, but I, I do want to uh, share something with you that I've been thinking about this week, especially with the pageant this morning. Um, when, we, when we think about Christmas time, it's so familiar. It's so sort of cozy, right? And, and heartwarming and, and cute. But there's a different emotion I want you to feel this morning, and that is shock. I want you to be like thunderstruck about what happened at Christmas. Shocked, awed, amazed. Um, in Chloe's school, in her class, every day they, they read from a book called Weird But True. And there's all these facts like there's some jellyfish that can live forever, or a watermelon is 92% water, or uh, the heart of a blue whale can be up to 2,000 pounds. Weird but true, you know? Christmas is weird but true. It's weird. It's surprising. It's shocking. And there are many things that, that we could talk about that are surprising and shocking about it. For instance, how... Uh, the Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Weird, but true. Or how uh, God used a Roman administrative decision to relocate Mary and Joseph to the town of David to fulfill an ancient prophecy. Shocking. Or how the very first people to hear the announcement of the birth of the Savior were lowly, no-name shepherds. That's, that's weird. That's shocking. But I, I just want to focus on one thing this morning that, that uh, is shocking. And I think if we understand it, it will amaze us. If, if this doesn't amaze us, then we don't understand Christmas. So let me read from Luke chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, to the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. So I'm sure it went, you know, against every fiber in Mary and Joseph's body to, to leave home when she was about to have a baby. She probably wanted to be nesting, not traveling, right? That's, that's what my wife did when she was about to have a baby. Um, but they didn't have a choice, so they traveled those 90 miles. And maybe the bumpiness of the travel sped things up for her a little bit, but either way, things happened. And let's read on. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. Now listen to this. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Luke includes very few details about the birth of Jesus, but one thing he does include is the manger. He mentions that, that the only place that Mary could find to lay Jesus was in this feed trough, a manger. It's probably just a crude box of wood boards, you know, 
rubbed smooth on the edges from years of cattle scraping their chins against the wood, probably soaked with cow and goat saliva. It probably smelled like old fermented grain that was stuck in the cracks of the wood. And this was the makeshift crib for the king of the universe. This is the only place that Luke tells us she laid him in a manger because there was no room in the guest house in the inn. What Luke is trying to tell us here is that Jesus came into a world that had no room for him, did not welcome him. Is that shocking to you? That the God of the universe, the Alpha and Omega, the, the creator of all, the Lord of life, chose to come make his grand entrance into this world in a trough, in a manger, in a place that was like, you know, the only place available because there was no, no one would give a bed to this, his pregnant mother. There was no room for Jesus. It's like, well, there's Luke, Luke knew this. There's baby Jesus, the, the Alpha and the Omega, God's anointed one, the Savior of the world. He's over there because there's no space for him. There's Jesus. There's God in a trough. Weird, but true. Weird, but true. Why would God choose to do it that way? That's not what we would expect. The the truth that this is communicating is that God came into a world that did not welcome him. Did not welcome him. You say, well, if they had known it was Jesus, of course they they would have found a, a bed for Mary, right? Really? If you read on in this story, King Herod tries to kill Jesus because he hears that he's a king. As Jesus grows up and begins teaching and preaching and doing his ministry, people hate him and reject him. Some follow him, but those who are in power cannot stand him. They try to force him out of the world, force him out of their lives, force him out of existence And after a few years of ministry, he is so hated by the religious leaders that they dispose of him by getting the Romans to crucify him. There is no room for Jesus in this world. And that it touches on a a profound truth that mankind, you and I in our natural state, hate God. We are God's enemies. We want nothing to do with him. He is, he is our mortal foe because a holy God and a prideful human being cannot go together. And so Jesus came, but there's no room for him. We don't want him here. That's what Luke is trying to say. The, the, the manger, the trough, is pointing ahead to the cross. The same way Jesus came into the world, excluded, no room, laid in a trough, he will leave the world excluded, cast aside, out in the garbage dump of Jerusalem and on the hill on a Roman cross. There's no room for Jesus. That is weird but true. The apostle John puts it this way. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not recognize him, did not receive him, excuse me. So, 
Our natural setting is to hold up a keep out sign to God. No room for you. So we tell him, go away. That's the essence of sin. Go away, God. But this is why Christmas is so shockingly good. The meaning of Christmas. Because God chose to come into this world and to be rejected by us, the people who should have worshipped him, to save us. He's the king of the universe. He could have come in and obliterated the opposition and forced us to bow, but he didn't because he loves us. And so he came humble and lowly. He was laid in a manger. He came in a way that no one expected. He slipped under the radar, swaddled and asleep in this feed trough. And his life ended in a way no one expected the Messiah to end, nailed to a cross, a picture of complete failure and humiliation and rejection. And that is the way that God chose to save us. That's the way God chose because he loves us. And then, surprise, he rose from the dead and was exalted as Lord of the universe to reign forever and to save those who come to him in faith. Weird but true. Thank God it's true. Are you shocked and amazed at what God has done? Is Christmas just a nice story, just a heartwarming part of the Bible, or is it the shocking revelation of who God is and what he's done to save you? If, if, you, if you are shocked, you understand what Christmas is about. If you are not, may God bring that into focus for you today. And may you sing about the wonders of his love for you. Amen.